Science. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Jesse Case. And I'm Matt Kirshen. <laughs> All right. We did that right. We're, uh, yeah. we're, we we're international again right now. I'm back in the UK briefly. Mm-hmm. Driving so, on the left. Driving on the left, seeing, seeing some babies, not being commented on for my accent. Oh, sure, sure. I do thought pe- you said yours has gone away enough that you do get comments from your friends back I, well, home. From friends, I do. Like, people who've known me for a long time will, will go, look at you sounding like you're from mid-Nebraska. Uh, well, you know, you like do a- sound like that. I've been meaning to bring it up. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's, it's very, very strong. Yeah. Very strong American accent that I have. But I I think you're doing a Johnny Carson impression right now. I was getting annoyed <laughs> you're trying out these impressions. But when I'm in a... But, but I can walk into a shop and... Well, the big one is I can ask for water in a restaurant without being asked to repeat it several times. That's the right. one word that I find the hardest to say. And I've run this by other Brits and same deal. That's... Mm. Water, 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 water. A glass of tap water. Like, you have to put other qualifiers <laughs> in just to get context well, you, clues to lead them well how'd towards. you how'd you say it before how were you saying it water oh yeah that sounds like the word to me yeah but that i've you, i've been in, in a bar with our mutual friend ioni is also british and she just goes straight to like the the accent goes away and she goes can i have a water <laughs> just making fun of americans to make sure it's understood the, the one that wakes holly laugh every time at me is when i have to spell my name on the phone to anyone official and i hit the r Harder, go like yeah. My it's Kirshen, uh, K I R S H. And you also, do, you, you do drop a lot of hard R's. I've I've hung out with you <laughs> yeah. when you've been drinking. A lot On of that note, should we introduce our guest? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, this is sorry, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is I'm very excited about this. This is a, a friend of mine for for uh, she's since like 1996. College buddy of mine turned longtime Conan writer co-creator of eagle heart and now executive producer of the funniest show on tv jury duty it's andrew weinberg hello and jesse and matt hey Hey, andrew nice to have you here before we get into the current stuff i do want to say like i've told andy this before i I watched eagle heart was like it like when i was in the uk we didn't have adult swim that those shows and some of them was kind of sneak over but most of them didn't mm. and then when i first came to the us it was right around the time of that and I, it was on a plane uh starting with the sky crimes episode and oh, i was uh. <laughs> instantly envious of everyone who wrote on that show because it was i was instantly like oh this is this could not be more drilled into things i find funny that was and, like yeah. Andy, I don't know if you were actually there for this, but we went to, we went to a fish concert in like Albany or uh, uh, I don't know one of those <laughs> upstate <Sure>. places, <laughs> uh, and we were at we stayed at like a you know motel or whatever afterwards, and we were just watching TV, and all of a sudden this sh- sketch show came on, and I was like what is this? And it was Mr. Show. It was the Titanica sketch. And I had never seen Mr. Show before. And I had that reaction, like, what is this right, gift right. from God? What sent, is this? Like, how how dare me? these people have written this before me? How, how right. dare this? Yeah. Right. How dare they not at least invite me into the room to watch things? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I can't believe I had to admit to 
going to a fish concert to tell that story. <laughs> I, I can't believe how jealous I am of the fish. I, I've still never seen fish, oh, and God. I don't like fish. That, but that's, I, that's the jealousy you take ex- away from that. <laughs> I want the experience of going, because I know who you would have gone with. I think yeah. I was it like De La Tour or something. There Stan. were a few guys. Stan. Okay, yeah. A few this is, your, viewer, your listeners are going to love this. I know. Sorry, this is, uh, it's ridiculous how many dog. creativity sort of origin stories happen after fish concerts. Like, <laughs> it I, was like, fun for... Dude, if like if you you're know, not on acid, there's no reason to go. No, uh, I mean it was there was a fish concert. I know that um, Edison, after a fish concert, was staring at a candle. Sure, and he was like, <laughs> if we could, this would be crazy if we could electrify this thing. Yeah, and there's no reason to listen to fish outside of a concert uh, tripping setting. Yeah, words that have never been said. I'm a big fan of their studio albums. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just like their sheet music. I buy yeah. it. I buy it in a book uh, on the scroll. I'm, yeah. And, uh... I, I remember having like a distinct uh, realization at a concert where I like was coming down or not yet peak or whatever. Bored is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like it was a song that starts, you know, recognizable song, and then just becomes like a jam. And I was like, oh, I see. Any song. Can become any jam, right. and like I don't, not sure I like that. Yeah, it's really not that complicated. It's well, it's kinda... just like noodling. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's noodling. Yeah, and and, if... uh, and also they they've uh, they've spelled the word incorrectly, yes. which I don't like. <laughs> yeah, you know they should. Uh... Like right out of the gate, it's like you guys yeah. are a little yeah, off. You know what I mean? They're kind of they they embarrassing. Have yeah. They probably had stuff printed before they realized, and then mm-hmm. what are going to do? Um, but yeah, definitely check out Eagle Hearts, one of the funniest shows. Eagle Hearts is so funny. And yep. It's somehow still on HBO Max. It somehow survived oh, the Discovery uh, uh, bloodbath. They didn't, they HBO, didn't HBO Max is very uh, Adult Swim friendly. It is. It's, but it, I, it's like they don't promote it on their homepage, which sort of sucks. Like you have to, they never did. You have to, <laughs> yeah, you have to find it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the weird stuff you used to watch at two in the morning is very much on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what's the, there are yeah. some things that are getting scrubbed because it's a tax write off if it no longer exists to be seen, right? Yeah. Or they don't like? have to pay any residuals oh, right, or right, anything. Right. So that's, I'm trying to think. I, maybe I get like, you know, res, residuals for less than a dollar. I'd say I make my, maybe sixty dollars a year on e-commerce. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow, why, you, why, why are you talking to us, losers? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever? Have you guys ever gone to the bar residuals and used those checks for oh, the, for the free beer? No. I always, I always forget to because I've got some. I've no, got some they don't do it anymore. Do they? You know they, they do. do. They, they do. They consolidate. I used to on late night. I think they were the like foreign. Um, reruns that paid the least so I, I would literally get the one and two cent checks I and then still, eventually they consolidated them i've still been getting i get some of them are like consolidated 12. but there's still it's it's the jim jeffrey show of residuals that i get that are uh, every so often there'll be this thick envelope from the writers guild that like it's like a four size envelope that's jammed yeah. into the mailbox and it's fat and i'm thinking what am i in trouble uh, what's going on here and it will be a total of maybe eight dollars worth of residuals this has happened like once yeah. every year and a half almost $8 like the of thicker resi- the envelope 
the worse the, you know it's going to be. The more dis- the second you open up and go, it's residuals. I'm like, oh god, this is. I'm never even going to remember yeah. to pay this in. Well, yeah, you're like, this is an eighty thousand dollar checks. Yeah, it's eighty-two yeah. cent checks, and and split yeah. over sixty individual checks. The fact that, by the way, everyone from Europe who's listening yes. to this show or Australia, even the fact that we're saying the word check, meaning a piece of paper that denotes money that is still used in America by massive multi-billion corporations as their primary means of transfer. Uh, what, what, what's happening over there? Yeah, what, what do you what guys? Is, yeah, what kind of what kind what of pound it, transfer yeah. are you doing? What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, I, no, um, what happens? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I Sorry, don't. I do not remember the last time a check was involved anywhere in the UK. It's what, all, yeah. So, what are you guys sending? Just instant transfers. It's all just bank direct bank transfers. Then what does the ex checker do? Well, not nothing anymore. Has the ex part? Mm. It's it's purely ceremonial. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's like you get the job and it's already in the past. <laughs> yes. You start as an ex checker. Um, I worked. With um, an Englishman, uh, producer of Jury Duty, Nicholas Hatton, and um, got a lot of enjoyment out of making fun of his accent and the terms that he thought were, like, normal things people knew and said. I I have lived in America for over a decade. I'm married to an American. I work with Americans on a daily basis and still... I would say once every week, maybe maybe once every two weeks, being generous, I'll say something out loud, and it'll be like you know, record scratch, the piano stops playing, just everyone turns around, like what, what is it, what, what? And you, you'll pull me up on them, like Andy and Jesse will catch them. One thing that's genuinely confusing is apparently in England you refer to movies and TV shows as shows. Do we movies uh, as shows? He'll be talking about making a, the Borat show. And I'm like, it's a movie. It's not a show. And he's like, it means the same thing. And I'm like, Wait, no, it I don't, doesn't. I don't think well, see, I agree with him on this one. I, good, he's not talking good. about the Borat, because Borat was also a TV show. Or like the... He meant was, the movie. He yeah, means the feature LAG. what we call movies. He's like, they're also called shows. I... I don't want to believe that. I'm not convinced about that one. <laughs> it's like I think he might have, I think he might have misspoken, and he's just trying to cover it with ah, as that as English thing. That, you know, I would not put it past him. That's that's one of the issues with hanging out with. I mean, no matter who you are or where you're from, hanging out with like when you meet a foreign person in your country, mm-hmm. whatever they do, you're like that's what the people in that country do. But they could be like an absolute psycho. Right. Like, like, uh, yeah. right. you know, but they become this ambassador. So I'm hanging out. I'm, I'm just like, everybody from Germany has a ball gag on. Yeah. You know? Right. Because uh, right. of like this guy I met at a bar or whatever, you know. And uh, so maybe that guy just talks weird. I don't know. I also think it's funny that uh, in England, if you call someone a cunt or a twat, it's like, oh, ha ha ha. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, like I mean, my, like context is chum. important, but yeah, you can. I I definitely. But like a like in a middle schooler in class could call like, "Don't be such a cunt," and the teacher would be like, "Settle down now." <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I was hey, being a bit hey, cunty, we, Nigel. We don't yeah, use that language know. in our class, and Johnny, stop being such a cunt. Uh, yeah. Right. But no, you, you can you can definitely. I did nearly get into a fight. Like I got into a, like a proper argument um, 
when I first came out here because someone I was with it was, it was a group of comics and someone was being hilarious and and I was like, like I just went man you're being a funny cunt today and he's like what mm-hmm. it was just something like would you call me and I was like oh no no that was yeah. like I was complimenting your your intentional hilarity I was like yeah you're the the, the explanation I had to use it was friend of the show Ed Byrne I think like got me out of this one with his explanation that um Brits use cunt like Americans use motherfucker like the two are pretty yeah, right. analogous like you go like um unrelated to the fucking you do yeah yeah sure. you, you know you and could be you like if use... you go if you go like you motherfucker that's like you know that's that's threatening it's insulting same way if you go like you cunt like you can say that that's like there's a threat there but you can also be like oh you're being a funny motherfucker today and that's yeah, well have you guys seen the british cut of pulp fiction it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> like just, <laughs> to go through Samuel L. Jackson has to recut all of his movies for English audiences <laughs> and uh, it's insane you know <laughs> snakes on a lorry um, oh God, no, no, no. sorry uh, so so Andrew so you yeah. you had this British co-worker on jury duty we should explain jury duty for anybody if you haven't watched it yet go to freebie it's free and watch in, in its entirety. All eight episodes are up now. I just finished it last night. Hands down, funniest show I've seen in the last year. Thank uh, you. Um, yeah, people seem to really love it. And that's um, a new one for me. <laughs> um, okay, so the premise is it's basically the Truman Show or Joe Schmo um, scenario where you build a fake world around one person who doesn't know it's fake. And so this guy, Ronald, Ronald Gladden, um, spent three weeks thinking he was the foreman on the jury of a civil trial that that gets sequestered. So on day two, he took away his phone and laptop and uh, he had no contact with the outside world. Uh, and he listened to a case for three weeks with a jury full of actors. Everyone was an actor. The jurors, the lawyers, the witnesses, the judge. Every single person he encountered for like 17 days was an actor. Um, or a lay person being asked to perform. That's uh, amazing. And we kept him in this, and he uh, was amazing. Um, the sweetest guy in the world you happen to yeah, cast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it was frustrating at the time because you want, like, big reactions and stuff, but, like, watching it uh, later, we all knew, like, we didn't want... Um, to do like a prank show where you're making this guy squirm or look like an idiot. Right. Um, no one had any interest in that. Uh, and the fact is, um, and I told Ronald this yesterday that I watched um, all, possibly every minute of footage that we shot with him. Uh, just like mountains of footage. Uh, and we couldn't make him look bad if we wanted to. Oh, like, it's that's not, amazing. there's nothing fake there. So many things, um, so many, uh, storylines and things that we wrote were intended to, like, so the Todd character, 
uh, who's a weirdo, um, was supposed to, you know, creep Ronald out. He's into, like, body parts and... Uh, cybernetics, a, sort of. Yeah, cybernetics, uh, transhumanism. Um, and so then we would put them in adjoining rooms with, a you know, a door between them. And so that when Ronald settles into his room, Todd would be like, hey, buddy, looks like we've got adjoining rooms. And when we wrote this, we're thinking, and now... The hero will be freaked out and he'll ask the bailiff to switch rooms with him because he'll be scared to be next to Todd. <laughs> and one thing, this is um, exclusive. Uh, I don't, I haven't read this yet or seen it said. We cut out a whole storyline in Voidir when Ronald is, you know, in the courtroom with the whole jury pool and you see Todd do his vaudeer. There was we shot a thing where the lawyer, um, the plaintiff lawyer, uh, is like reading his questionnaire thing, and she was like, um, "So I see you were um, convicted of a felony. Uh, have you had your rights restored?" And he's like, "Yes, I have." And then uh, the judge calls a sidebar, and we had them whisper but loud enough so Ronald could, like, hear in the galley, and they call Todd over, and, like, to give, like, just say a few words here and there that Ronald could catch to be like, wait, what was this, what crime was this guy <laughs> convicted of? So, okay, what I'm saying is the whole time, through this whole show, people don't, viewers don't even know that Ronald thought Todd was a convicted felon. Oh, but he didn't know of what? Yes, but we were trying to make it kind of <laughs> mysterious, yeah. again, to freak him out. Um, but we kind of dropped it uh, because it had no payoff, and also, like, that was the kind of, like, area we didn't want to go to, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> making him actually, like, you know, scared or whatever. Right. But, I mean, uh, Todd, to, to paint the picture for the viewer, Todd's not a physically I I imposing no, that guy. Was, that was uh, very important to me in casting him, that he be a small, meek man, because that's <laughs> a thousand times scarier. But also the kind of guy who shows up to serve jury with those chair pants, chair pants. that tech bros have, so wherever <laughs> yes. they are, they could sit down on their yes. pants. Like, um, wait, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? What? You ever <laughs> seen tech bros who have built-in chairs in the back of their pants when they no. lean down, no. it, the legs fold out, and they can sit? His yeah. are like homemade versions with just two crutches. They're like knee pads on his butt and yeah. crutches hanging off that when he like goes to a sitting position, they extend and kind of drop down and make a, a chair for him. That was um, Carrie O'Neill, a writer. She also played the security guard, Christine. Mm -hmm. um, she was obsessed with chair pants. Uh, and then <clears throat> we kind of built, I kind of fell in love with the idea of Todd being into <laughs> transhumanism and you know sure. trying to um <laughs> optimize his body through like mechanics <laughs> and there was so much i feel like there was so much other todd well you said there was an outtake in the last episode where you see uh todd had was eating lunch with we props it didn't work very well but props made this sort of like denture 
apparatus oh, yeah. and a row of teeth going across the like center of the roof of his mouth like at like half court and you, Todd explained that it was supposed to make him a more efficient chewer like a shark has more teeth <laughs> those are his eating teeth yeah yes his eating teeth that's amazing um, oh also okay so the chair pants that was going to go much further um <laughs> What happened was, this is also an eight. Andy, you saw eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's the scene where uh, at the metal detector, when the security guard, the guy security guard got fired, and he's like leaving for the last time, and Christine, the woman security guard, stops the line, like stops the metal detector to do this like lengthy goodbye to... uh, the co-workers leaving. Just to and, hold up Ronald and see if they yes, can get her. Yeah, yeah, and just go on ridiculously. And then they uh, call for someone that like, oh, did you say goodbye to Troy? You got to say goodbye to Troy. And they get on their walkie-talkie, and it's like a uh, unintelligible conversation. Um, and that was, we ended up calling that, uh, co- coming up with the term Farewell Drew, which was anything that reeked of like of being a little played put on right just for Ronald. It was like too far. It was too much of like a yeah, sketch like a, planted. Like flash in front mob. Of him. Like, uh, so yeah. that was whatever morning, which was chair pant, the same morning as chair pants day. So that was so like too much that we bailed on. Um, escalating the chair pants. What we were going to do is <clears throat> have Todd ask Ronald as the foreman, uh, can you ask the judge if they can remove my regular juror chair so I can sit in the my chance? <laughs> chair pants, yeah. And then Ronald <laughs> would either say, yes, I'll do it, or no, I won't, or whatever. <clears throat> and then judge comes in and sees him and says, what's going on? And Todd would say, oh, um, these are chair pants. Uh, the, my foreman will explain to you and make <laughs> Ronald explain uh, that he wants the seat removed. And then we had a actor as a maintenance man with a, uh, you know, power tool who was going to come in, unbolt Todd's chair <laughs> and then have Todd sit there. Because we literally, we really did shoot hours and hours right, of, of, of boring trial. testimony that was never meant to be seen. But so he would start straining and struggling because they're not actually that comfortable to sit on for <laughs> hours on end. But he wouldn't admit that they were. And uh, so finally, like, he makes, it's too much like clanging and stuff. And Judge is like, you got to take those off. And he's like, sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. And then the next day, he was going to show up with a different pair and say, like, I think I've worked out the case. <laughs> and we just, we didn't do any of that. It's, all of it is so, we haven't even talked about James Marsden, who plays himself mm-hmm. on the jury. Yeah. And deserves every award. Like, he the was, fact that he's willing to make himself such an asshole. And it was such a commitment, like, time commitment and everything, like... I'm sure he likes uh, just showing up on set at a call time, being pampered, and then going home. 
Yeah, having stand-ins no. and stuff. Yeah. Instead, um, I presume he was being paid the normal jury rate of $12 a day. Yes. <laughs> uh, that superseded the SAG after scale. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so James plays himself, and it was pretty perfect that Ronald, like, clearly knew he recognized him, but honestly didn't know by name who he was. Right. Um, and so all that... Uh, interaction is real. Um, it's the only com- the only like com- complaints I've read on the internet about the show is that like no way is this real. <laughs> the uh, what do you call it? Confidently wrong or confidently incorrect? I think is the Reddit <laughs> for it. Uh-huh. It's just been astounding. People are like look, Ronald knew this. And didn't know that, and that's that. <laughs> uh, so it couldn't be how, real. Yeah. <laughs> like whenever I, I find that something, it, it infuriates me as well as amusing me. But whenever there's one of those, you know, someone accusing someone of stealing jokes, or like they stole this for a, this, they stole this TV show, stole this sketch, or anything like that, and they always, at which point people will confidently list like. They couldn't have done this. They couldn't have done that. And you look at it and go like, oh, no, the one bit you haven't noticed is actually the big leap of imagination that's tricky to come by for the sketch. And then right. everything everything else you pointed at is just the obvious way you would write it after that. It's like, no, no this could not happen. But no, it's the exact reverse of how you think writing yeah. happens. And it's the same. <clears throat> it struck me as the same mentality as anti-vaxxers who were like, look, I don't get how proteins can bind to other proteins, so I'm calling BS on this vaccine. (laughs) If I could... You haven't convinced me that those nucleotides (laughs) can... But it's also like you have tons of footage to... uh, I heard you talking on The Best Show about the joke where uh, one of the juries... By by the way, one of the jurors is uh, played by Mecky Leeper, a great comic. You have a bunch of comics. You had to make sure that Ronald didn't know a a certain level of stand-up comedy and Kirk Fox in there. Yeah, what turns out um, Parks and Rec was like his favorite show. Kirk (laughs) Fox was on like eight episodes or something. Uh, And yeah, no, didn't recognize Kirk Fox. I mean, he didn't even know Marsden was by name. Right, right. Yeah. But but so Mackie Leeper's character is trying to find some way to get out, and they're asking Ronald if he knows of anything, and he eventually says, "Well, there's this episode of Family Guy where he says he's racist to get out of it," and then we're off to the racist races uh, <laughs> with with Mackie Leeper's character doing that and having bad things happen. Uh, but you said like you were hoping he would say that it was in the script, but you, you can't make him, so you just like had him keep asking if he knows it was, in any ways. It was or- like. It was like a fantasy, uh, like, ask, you know? Uh, like, he'll never actually do that. So, like, what's the closest we can do? If it's like Mickey would probably uh, say, I heard you can do this racist right. thing. And Ronald okay. would be like, uh, maybe, yeah, I've heard of that. And also, like, people keep, well, yes, Ronald referred to it as a family guy joke. But I consider that, like, a public domain yeah. thing. Like, everyone knows. I don't even know if you call it a joke. Uh, but to do it, quote-unquote, for real. Yeah. Um, 
to stand up in front of a courtroom yeah. and say you're yeah. racist. Yeah. <laughs> but then also just to show the real consequences of it rather yeah. than what, yeah. like rather... on your ethnically diverse jur- jury panel and yeah. to say it to the black bailiff and yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh... Um, he was amazing. Uh, he was yeah, like I was really shocked because uh, he was a writer on the show and um i didn't know um that he was really an actor i'd never seen uh it's say secret life uh sex life of college girls um so i was like can he like this is like such a responsibility right it's like te- what seems terrifying to me to have this pressure on me is he like an experienced actor? Like I was really kind of worried and he just like blew me away. He's so good. Um, so real. Yeah. It's and that's one of my, one of my favorite things about the show or when I realized like, Oh wow, this is really different is in episode five after Margaritaville when, uh, the next morning and Noah, tells Ronald what happened and Ronald's like thinks this is a real person going through a real problem and Ronald is like emotion personally invested in it and like in this continuing like storyline and like I was like oh like I've never seen that before the first time I really saw that I think was uh in the Borat sequel the Jim and Jerry uh, quarantine house guys oh, who yeah, like they yeah. found the daughter on the internet and were like let's go find her like I'd never seen Marks drive the story before yeah. uh, and so that's really what we we wanted to do as close to like a sitcom you know with like sitcom storylines and beats which are if you just saw them on a regular sitcom, it's like nothing novel about a lot of it. But to do it, it where a guy thinks it's real and have him be integral in directing the story right. is what really it's amazing. And also be sort of a proxy for the audience because sometimes the shit that's happening is objectively hilarious no matter what your perspective on it is. Yeah. So he gets to be... That's the thing. It's like, yeah. So like... One of the funniest things was the defense animation video. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it's true. We didn't show it to them before. Not like as a strategy. We just didn't, I don't know, didn't get around to it. And they all were dying. And like afterwards, yeah, James was like, you can't just like throw stuff like that at us. (laughs) You have to show us that beforehand. But It's like that... It's like those those animations you see in I don't I don't know somewhere in Southeast Asia when they recreate an entire crime with CG, but the defense or the prosecution has a really high quality one, and then the defense it looks like a Robots. janky version of Dire Straits Money for Nothing. Yes, <laughs> it's sub nineteen eighty four. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but when we talked about it afterwards or something like that. It's like, well, normal people would laugh at that. It is ridiculous. You wouldn't have everyone but Ronald be like, I don't see what's funny about this. Right, right. 
Um, It'd be weirder if suddenly no one found things funny. Yes. Like, why does no one here have a sense of humor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, well, it's it's really amazing. I can't believe you pulled it off. Like when you I, told yeah. me about it, I was like, "This sounds like the hardest thing I've it ever really heard." Production wise, like, because another. Sorry, I've done a lot of naval casing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm so fascinated. It's so involved. It's like crazy funny it and really, crazy like, complicated. You wouldn't believe and, like, how much work goes into something like this. Um, because Ronald had a day. He did, he could theoretically break the rules and ask, like, when he, he was allowed, like, one call, supervised call a day. Um, he could conceivably ask his girlfriend, you know, break the actual law and ask his girlfriend about something. So we had to make, like, a Cinnamon and Sparrow website. We had to put, like, real... The company that the woman... Yeah. Yeah, the fictional... Um, Oh, Jorf, like we really made an Urban Dictionary <laughs> entry months and months beforehand. Um, oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, so it's so, like, the risk just, like, compounds day after day. It's not like, it's it's not like Borat where you <clears throat> have uh, an interview with some, like, slimy plastic surgeon and you try to get what you want and once you get what you want you can push it and if the guy's like wait a minute what's going on here you say uh excuse me i must use toilets (laughs) and then you're gone and never seen again right and that guy's like hey that was fake and you just move who cares you move (laughs) on to the next scumbag or whatever uh but this was like every day we had to make it as funny as we could without going too far and blowing it. And the fact that know that everyone made it work, not a single it's person crazy. It's crazy. blew it is insane. But it was fun in the last episode seeing moments when they thought they might have blown it and you're like, nope. He was he was fine with all those. Th- I mean, like he would still point out something that seemed a little weird, but it never made him want to connect really, the dots all the way. Well, he uh, a couple of things I read in a, he did an interview and something I read when the question was like, when did you think something was wrong? And he's like, well, I knew from the beginning that things were off, but I had to ask myself like, what's the most likely scenario here is it that like these people are weird or that this whole thing was set up just for me <laughs> right yeah, so he's like that's an occam's in- razor it's like yeah he's like, like it's so that's absurd ins- that someone would do this that it's just less likely yeah. than the truth if you think about it yeah to go like i choose b this is all an elaborate ruse just for me that's <laughs> insane no one would really think that yeah and you i know- also learned that <clears throat> There is a uh, kind of a Rubicon or tipping point or point of no return or give me another one. It's the same thing. <laughs> thing that when you go past it is hard there, to go back. There's no from. going back. <laughs> Toothpaste, leaving a tooth. Sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> once, so like you go in and you're maybe like, 
he goes in and he's like, I'm not really sure what this is. Then like <clears throat> some weird stuff happens and he's like, this is weird. Am I, st- I still have, <clears throat> you know, my guard up. But then we just do in between the crazy stuff is hours and hours of boredom Boring where he's like, trial. <laughs> where he's like, if this is a reality show, this sucks. <laughs> uh, and so he'd, you know, be like, I guess. And once he reaches um, the, uh, the lip of the toothpaste tube uh, and allows himself to fully buy into it, there's no going back. At that point, I think at one point I was talking about it, I was like, like <clears throat> the sky could tear open and like <laughs> yeah. Colonel Sanders could like wink at Ronald and be like, I guess that's normal. That's how court. trials work. <laughs> yeah. Like just whatever happens, he'll try to rationalize it to be not right. out of the ordinary or ordinary enough. <laughs> in a way, I feel like adding, throwing in James Marsden already like pre-heightens it to a point that he I imagine in his head he'd be like well if they were doing that they wouldn't have also thrown in James Marsden like that'd be too much and James Marsden <laughs> wouldn't sit here for six hours a day right? in this shitty yeah. courthouse and be so needy about wanting yeah. you to know about his credits it's he makes himself such an asshole and I can't like it's so cringe yeah. and amazing like when he's he was, bragging about being in Sonic like he thinks he sees the word Sonic oh, on someone's on Patagonia socks yeah <laughs> oh I thought those socks said Sonic why would those socks yeah. say Sonic it's not the same font or anything <laughs> um but it's great. one yeah. So when we were writing it, <clears throat> kind of before uh, Ronald was a real person and he was like just a blank gray avatar, you know, we kind of wrote things differently. You don't think about – it's not, not until you like see him as a real person do you think like, oh, like a real human being <laughs> isn't going to do that right. or stand for that. So when we're writing the season, kind of mapping out the season as like a semi-serialized story, it's like, well, the second to last episode, you want to be the like rock bottom, the Ozymandias, uh, you know, whatever the Sopranos equivalent is, uh, where it's like, you know, the low point and then there's the finale. So that was the... That Ross's birthday, um, where James oh, yeah. freaks out, um, and he was supposed to, everyone was supposed to be mad at him and then not see him again until they're locked in the room for deliberations, oh, and okay. that would be like a big source of conflict. And when he actually, <clears throat> when we actually shot it, and you know, it actually happened the way. <clears throat> it appears um we instantly all felt like shit we're like (laughs) this isn't like this doesn't feel right uh we don't want ronald like actually being like upset like this um so yeah so we had we show in the eighth episode um he comes back comes back and makes amends with yes yeah 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 (laughs) Um, that wasn't just James being like, I can't be a ba- this bad of a bad guy. Or I mean, he definitely felt 
like he did, he definitely did not want that. It felt obviously weird to him. Um, but it, we didn't do that just because of his person, like we, as like producers and, uh, human beings it just yeah. felt bad. Yeah. 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 Um, people want like, people just love Ronald and like, there's so much like just earnest, like, love for him and people being like this show was so like wholesome and everything and like it's that's really, just yeah. new that's yeah again it's an amazing it's a it's a perfect show for the times everyone should watch I it guess, i know it's a, a show about uh legal matters but mm. what what is how do you do the legality of a show like this like, I mean, I've always, I've always been interested in that, like in the case of like Borat or something, or even mm -hmm. like Nathan for you, like the, it's gotta be insane releases. How do you get, how do you get yeah. him to not know what he's consenting to in a legal way? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, he thought he was, so he answered Craigslist ad to take part in a documentary about the legal system. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of people have a lot of questions about like, what, how is he just there? And like, all these other people are part of this documentary, but they also want to leave. Uh, so what it is, is Ronald got, and they're like, how can you give someone a fake jury summons? That seems illegal. And like it is. And we didn't. <laughs> right. And, okay. Uh, okay. It also yeah. had to be a civil trial. It couldn't be a criminal trial. Right. Right. Um, okay. So Ronald answered this ad and like the way I see, saw it, and I don't know if it was ever like fully ex needed to fully be explained, but um, by doing the, I guess the producers of the fake documentary uh, arranged for the people in their doc, their participants in their doc to be put in the jury pool. Okay, they, I they didn't see guarantee that. they were going to get on the jury. Right. Um. So we would. Oh my God. So like the first couple days when we do the big jury pool so like get yeah, the waiting room with like 50 people in it and we'd call in groups at a time and so we call in like the first group of 12 and 12 people get up and just go sit in the courtroom and then like the next group would go and then ronald was in like the third group and we'd also put the cat the eventual cast in all different groups so like i wanted we wanted at the end of day one or by the time ronald gets on the jury we wanted him to look at the other jurors and recognize maybe three of them um <clears throat> we didn't want all 12 or whatever yeah that performing in front of him and be like wow every single wacky character i saw uh, made it on the jury. But by the right. time you're at this point, you know Ronald's your guy when you're doing the, the multiple groups of 12? Oh, yeah. Going in, Ronald, like, Ronald... There's no backup? Like, what if... He, I mean, how... <laughs> oh, no, there is, but, like, not that's not one that's there then. It's like if Ronald... If we blew Ronald, we would have started over. Done that whole day again with 48 people, but one of them is your... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Ronald was selected during the pre... Process before, the documentary interview. Yes, before process. he showed up, he was selected to be in this. Right. How many? How many other? How many other candidates were there for that? 
like 4,000 or something. Oh, wow. Like, God. Wow. Um, <laughs> and they had to, like, review, at least on some cursory level, everyone, do, like, hundreds of interviews and, uh, you know, subsequent interviews, psych evaluations, background checks. Had to make sure, had to ask him questions, you know, Tell us about yourself. What do you like? Like, what shows do you like? What movies do you like? Things to get a sense of what he knows about, what he's aware of. Right. Um, So, okay. So, of the cast, of the jury, we said that I think maybe three or four of them had come with the documentary because that explained... Also, like, Ronald lives in San Diego, so, like, how you would get in. And some of them, we say, were from different states. So how you can arrange for people from other states to be yeah. in a jury pool in a, in California, luckily, never questioned that. Um, yeah, because if you th- really think about it, any sort of, like, hey, can we mind if we throw in some random people in your jury pool? That's insane. It's crazy. But also, <laughs> right. once you've accepted that, you're not going to go back and question it later. That's a right. one-time, right. once you've accepted it, and you so move people, on Yeah, so that, I read, so. like, these comments on Reddit or whatever. We're like, that's insane. Like, that doesn't happen. And it's like, guess what? Ronald believed it, so yeah, yeah. it's a moot point. It's like, when it works too well, then suddenly no one, not no one, but some people are going to be, like, not believing. It's like, no, it just that's what it, it Yeah, that's well. what I'm saying. Like, people, like... <laughs> There is no way a real person would tell James Marsden, I heard that movie was not good. And it's like, sorry, he did. He did. He said that. (laughs) Fucking did. And then, oh, my favorite was when he comes back the next day and he's like, oh, I owe you an apology. I rented Sonic last night. It's so funny. He's like, oh, thanks. He's like, yeah, you didn't tell me Ben Schwartz was in it. I was like on the floor. Like how? Yeah, I like you didn't you didn't coax him at all to be like you should go watch this movie. He just like decided to go home and watch. No, never. And like, there's a thing where you know, Todd again uh, is into his weird inventions, um, which is uh, exactly like one of the characters in A Bug's Life. And so Ronald's to make Todd feel better showed him A Bug's Life and how people like him are misunderstood and they're outcasts. Um, And people like, there was a lot of tweets and whatever about like, oh my God, a bug's life. I love Ronald. Um, And these are sincere. I'm not making fun of these people. Um, And so I was like, so amazed. And I was about to text Cody Heller, the showrunner, the people love uh, the Bugs Life thing. Whose idea was that again? I don't remember. And then I was like, oh, it was Ronald's, Ronald's idea. You <laughs> just remembered that that's Dave Foley's character in it, I think. Who's I like think. The, yeah. Look, I've never seen the Bugs Life. It's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's a rehash of of a uh, of a uh, of a yeah. uh, not Three Amigos. What's the original Three Amigos? The Japanese one. Oh. Wait, you I think you're the Seven Samurai? Seven Samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it? <laughs> just because it's a specific number of people. No, the um, no, no, the the way that the people come to the aid of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Although actually, yes. I learned once once you see all the movies that are Three Amigos ish, and you think they're all referencing. There's actually a lot of movies that are specifically 
about the three amigos version of the story, which is like entertainers being mistaken as I thought that was also in the Japanese one. That part, the entertainer part, I don't think is, you know what I learned recently. I never saw this movie either. Uh, B story. Um, is Chinatown. What is it like Chinatown or something or what's no the... B the movie B story yeah the B, B movie, movie. I, B was, movie. Yeah, oh, isn't B the movie. plot the same as some other famous movie yeah, is that what you're sorry say? the oh. Jerry Seinfeld classic yes <laughs> so in the plot of yeah, uh, this is that, so embarrassing I like just got the joke of the name of that movie oh right yeah oh. I like never put that. To, that's pathetic. <laughs> like I never put that together. I was just like, yeah, it's a movie about bees. It's a bee movie. Oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> it's a good, you know, clear, concise title. Tells me what it's about. Um, but so the plot is, you know, the main, the Jerry Seinfeld is uh, a bee, and he like falls in love with a human woman, and uh, the her boyfriend who is like seems fine is like uh portrayed as the villain because he tries to kill a bee and tells his girlfriend she's insane for wanting to date a bee it's like boo he's the bad guy i Uh, i I thought the thing i'd heard was like that it was the same plot as some classic movie or something no uh, it's not but the fact just the fact that like in the end, it's a happy ending where the human woman marries a bee. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I and thought I'd... a human man who thought he had a future with the human woman <laughs> got out. his comeuppance. <laughs> right. The one who he was so dissuade his it was so judgment. It was so judgmental of him. Yeah, small mind. Speciesist, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I, usually we don't wait this long of the episode to ask this question, but we ask all of our guests, uh-huh. what, if anything, is your background in science? And that can be anything from just one course you remembered liking or disliking to, uh, you know, mixing up some chemicals and blowing <laughs> something up with your friends in the woods. I took, um, well, I majored in industrial and labor relations, which... Uh, um, is a I got a Bachelor of Science. Um, where do you draw the line between art and science? Yeah, I would have thought that's an art. I don't know. Yeah, where does um, anyone? You know, yeah. where does anyone? Um, I guess like robot sculptures, or like right on the border. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but so you, it's like you have to take a science class. So I took that like physics for poets or whatever they call it right uh and you had to prove you were a poet to take it um <laughs> no uh so it was just this you know giant lecture where they you know why is the sky blue i think this was my sophomore year <clears throat> and i just didn't go to class ever um and so <laughs> one day uh i was like you yeah, know maybe i'll check out that science class i've been there in months so sitting down uh in the huge lecture hall and the professor's like so you all should have gotten your graded pendulum projects back by now (laughs) this is the first i've heard of it i had to convince him that i had missed just the times (laughs) when he like mentioned the assignment when he was like okay everyone turn them in uh, and so 
I was like, I'll do it. And it was a, like a pendulum experiment. And I don't know like how you're supposed to do it, but I had um, very specific memories of taping a, or tying a key to the end of like a shoelace and taping it to the ceiling and like trying to time it doing something. And that was like my project. Maybe like the fact that no matter how far back you it's pull always it, the same, it's right? The same That's period. the lesson you're supposed to learn. Right. Yeah. That's the big takeaway. Which mm-hmm. is kind of cool and counterintuitive. Right? Yeah. Like you'd think playing it farther back would actually, I don't know which thing you would think would make it faster, but like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that though. Uh, I, I was always annoyed at homework that was just, it's like, you could have just told us that, you know know what I mean? Like uh, where you have to, they really want you to experience something. And it's like, I would have, I would not have thought that was a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Or like my, this is, I guess, science computers or science. This was like my eighth semester of college. I took a two-credit pass-fail intro to computing class where they seriously teach you like PowerPoint and Excel. (laughs) Um, And there was like a group project, and I didn't know anyone in the class. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it myself. So I turned it in, and I got an F (laughs) because I had to do it as a group. So I failed that class, which meant I wasn't going to graduate. Jesus. Um, but I ended up, they let me walk and uh, pick up an empty envelope. And then I took a class at Rutgers in New Jersey for six weeks and then I was done. But Wait, I that, failed. That, they, they wouldn't give you like a, like, come on, I'm a senior. It's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Jesus. uh you're not salvaging anything here. Yeah. Just like let me go. Well, I think we could we could probably call the first forty five minutes of this episode uh a psychology yeah. story, right? Yes. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> and also I think people are gonna say, Well, this is timely for four twenty because how high did those guys have to be to make up this show? Well, in 108, the behind the scenes stuff we reveal <clears throat> exactly what we were smoking when came up wait i forgot stuff. what the what was the what was the reveal what oh i, th- I thought there was some actual reference to some substance that i missed uh no just the <laughs> but there was the <laughs> fact that you smoking at, at margaritaville uh that the cast the actors couldn't have any drinks until ronald ordered one drink then they were all allowed yes. one drink and then yes, fake and drinks. then they drank so mecky <clears throat> leaper actually threw up on the bus um what you see is real vomit. What? Yes. Because he drank five non-alcoholic margaritas. And it was just so much sugar uh, that he threw up. Wait, did he try to make himself throw up or was he feeling awful or both? I'll ask him if he like, I think maybe like, he didn't like stick his finger down his throat. But if there's like some sort of emergency thing you can do to prevent <laughs> vomiting. I don't think he did that. Think about baseball. Is that- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just got a huge boner. <laughs> yeah. God, it's, it's like, I, I was, I forgot about that scene. I was like, how do they do that? Cause I know in triangle of sadness, they had like elaborate contraptions in oh, the actors yeah. mouths and they weren't even told when they were going to make them throw up. So it was a surprise yeah. to the actors every time. We had, yeah, we had that on <clears throat> Eagle Heart. At least one, but one thing, and it was like, it's like a, 
plumbing fixture like next to your mouth with you know like brass fucking <laughs> things and it like when they turned it on it like rattled like chris's like skull and his like teeth and he's like you can't just like do that um but that was another thing where people are like uh idiots that was obviously fake um you're lucky you have me here to tell you what's real and not Thank you, Reddit. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I was leading into a story here sent in by Michael Valbuena because I'm sure people uh, still hold that. In fact, speaking of Mr. Show, I know it was a big like pet peeve of uh, or annoyance of Bob Odenkirk when people would be like, how high did you guys have to get? He's like, yeah. no, we had to be very sober because it was yeah. hard work to write all this. <laughs> right, right. And there's a story in Washington Post that came out yesterday, obviously, 420. says, sorry, weed probably does not make you more creative. So yeah. many... Many cannabis users are convinced that the drug not only heightens their mood, but also their creativity. Creative luminaries also seem to endorse this idea. Steve Jobs said that marijuana and hashish would make him relaxed and creative, while astronomer and author Carl Sagan believe that cannabis helps produce serenity and insight. In the artistic sphere, Lady Gaga said she smokes a lot of pot when writing music, and Louis Armstrong called marijuana an assistant and friend. But he spelled it with an H, not a J. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, Despite... These popular beliefs about the creative poten- potency of cannabis, scientific consensus has remained hazy. Now new research suggests that cannabis may not be a gateway drug to creativity after all. Almost everyone thinks that cannabis makes them more creative, and it seems like that assumption is not supported by the data, says Christopher Barnes, professor of organizational behavior at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business and an author of the study. Uh, so researchers originally hypothesized that cannabis would indirectly increase creativity by making users feel more jovial, after all, it lifts moods, which in turn mm. could produce the change in mindset that fuels creativity. To test that, researchers designed a randomized controlled trial comparing the creative outputs of light cannabis users who had just imbibed versus those who had not. So in the first set of experiments, about 107 light users of cannabis were asked to take a standard creativity test within 15 minutes of getting high. And for the control group, they asked 84 others to do the task only if they had not used cannabis in the past 12 hours by when any effects would have worn off. Uh, For the creativity test, the participants were asked to consider a brick and generate as many creative uses as possible for it in four minutes. As expected, participants who were under the influence felt more jovial, which made them feel like their ideas were more creative. than There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone thinks they're more creative. Like the amount of times I've looked back at a notebook, uh, you know, I was, I was, I think I put in, I think I put in about two years of, of uh, heavy pot use, you know, from maybe 19 to 21 or something. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all shit. It's just the worst. <laughs> it's shit. I mean, but you think you're like, yeah, obviously I'm like I'm on fire here. I mean, I like to do it both ways because sometimes like uh, get high because it's the only way I will feel like sitting and trying to come up with stuff. Uh, but then if you write stuff high, you then have to revisit it not high. Right. Uh, you have to do both. Yeah. It's definitely true. I mean, just like when you're I'm, I can only speak for myself. Like, yeah. I, my high self is, thinks it's extremely creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost like messianic complex creative. Right. Like, I right. am, I am Da Vinci. Uh, and then it's so bad. <laughs> just me like my my output is so bad um, um well i wonder like who um who judged the like 
creativity quotient of these. They, yeah, they had third party. A ratings. guy, a guy on Smack. It's like that's a <laughs> so shitty like way to use a brick. Art critic. Like, I mean, I think it's like a creativity test that's been done before. So, and they're blind to who was under the influence. All they see is the results, these third-party raters of this creativity test. So however they do it, they rate the responses on novelty and usefulness. And they, there was no difference in their rating. And they didn't know which of the responses they were looking at were from mm. control or from weed group. I mean, I definitely think, yeah, if someone is like not good at something and then they smoke weed, they're not going to get like better at it. Right. <laughs> by this like... by this metric of creativity, but if, if your metric is like, does it help creating? Like you're saying if you have a roadblock of like sitting down and doing yeah. it and this makes you do that, I guess you could argue that helps. But definitely, yeah. If you have like writer's block and you're not getting any, making any progress, then sometimes something is better than nothing. You yeah. can uh, have garbage that you can then revisit and say like, well, I can make this garbage better. Or if I, you're confident in your garbage, yeah. that's also something. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's not creativity, but that's confidence helps <laughs> Con, with yeah. some No, that's, yeah. that's yeah. gotten like, a lot of feet through the door, is not knowing how much you suck. Like, yeah. It, yeah. you know, none of us, well, again, I can only speak for myself. I would not have continued stand-up if I had the brain I do now and looked back at it. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those first five years, you'd just be like, nope, not for me. I'm out. Uh, you have to just know, blindly sorry. keep going. Yeah. How do you know? I've always wondered, how do stand-ups know their joke hasn't been done before? Uh, it, I think it has to be extremely personal to you. Like, I mean, if it's, if it's an observational joke, like if it's your, if it's your take on, uh, something yeah. like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure there's a way to know that. Uh, um, that's what that would be my fear, uh, that and not enjoying performing or anything about the stand-up. Like, sure, sure, yeah, um, that or all that. the other parts. Would be like, of it, oh, that... I wrote all these great jokes. Let me go perform them. Oh, uh, most of those I've heard before. Right, right, and, and like, it's oh, well. Sorry, I haven't heard every comedian's uh, ever every set they've ever done. Yeah. But no, it's the, the same with the TV writing. You, you don't. Like, and then, yeah. But then also, sometimes you'll, particularly when you're coming up, you'll sort of do a bit and you're more likely to be a bit more generic when you're coming up and someone will mm. say like, hey, uh, so like other comics will tell you, like other comics will be like, yeah, yeah they- that, I mean, I guess that's what it is. is other comics will tell you. And if you uh, can honestly claim you had never heard it before, then. You can just stop doing it. I I recently took like uh, just, you know, health stuff, whatever I took. I had like quite a long break from stand up like and getting back to it. There's a bunch of people that have start the scene now uh, is a lot of people that started in that period, in that interim. And it's really weird um, like watching people do jokes that I've heard a million times, mm-hmm. but I know that they didn't steal them because they just started and they're like 21, you know, like they're not going to know Bill Hicks. Right, right. right. Uh, so it's it's like it's very weird to me. Like they're not going to, uh, you know, there has been this sort of shift where I don't expect everyone to know, like being being a comedy nerd, you had to really want it. I feel like yeah. I'm, I feel like um, when media was more physical, 
right? You mm-hmm. have to go find these DVDs and like yeah. buy these albums. So I I don't know like <clears throat> there was more of a barrier to entry, so there were fewer comics that you were expected to know about. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But it's also like uh, if you were going to put in that effort, you tended to be sort of all in uh, Mm -hmm. or really, really into it instead of just like scrolling TikTok occasionally or something. So it's just this thing where – and a lot of that stuff hasn't been converted over to digital media um, so I'll hear somebody do like a Richard Lewis bit from the seventies. It's like, I know they didn't steal it. Mm. It's just interesting. I never know to be like, Hey, don't, I'm like, does anyone else give a shit? <laughs> I guess what I've learned <laughs> like, is, <laughs> yeah, is I probably never had a completely original thought in my life. Like that somewhere out there, someone has thought it's like that, um, <clears throat> library of Babel thing uh yeah websites like that it's like just constantly spitting out words and they claim like any sentence you can think of is already written in there <laughs> they can co- claim copyright because they're just generating all the words yeah and like i don't know like search it i don't know how to trust it but seriously like any nonsense sentence you could think of they'll be like yep here it is page twenty-eight thousand. Wow. Well, I mean, this is like something that uh, with ChatGPT, with all the things that are heading our way, that we're going to have to wrap our heads around. Like, it's copyright's going to get so complicated. That's because, gonna get, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any provable difference between the way mm-hmm. we process information and then synthesize it and put out information and the way something not meat based would do that like i'm right. only the sum of every input i've had yeah, also yeah. you know like i know but, like, yeah. i definitely like by myself noticed that women are always going to the bathroom together and what's up with that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. what is up mm-hmm. with that but mm-hmm. it can't yeah i get what you're saying well that's that's what feel... you're gonna do when you be shopping <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, AI I doesn't think... understand really what it's saying. It's just finds uh, something that looks applicable and what does it, it find? It's, it's synthesizing the same way we are. It's not like it's taking one thing and putting out this whole chunk verbatim that it found elsewhere. It's taking right. even more information than I've ever taken in. Right. Well, I guess it... you could argue I've taken in more total data in terms of. Whatever, but but it's still solving a puzzle based on stats and st- and it's just we don't know that result yet. It's like you cannot yeah. like these days you can't beat a, a chess computer, right? Uh, yeah. Like the best chess player in the world cannot beat the best chess computer. It's it's just so far beyond. Um, that was possible when they first came out, like Deep Blue or whatever. Um, but now you you just can't. It has every option and it rates them on probability. Right, but that and, is like very. That has um, limited uh, moves, like a, a finite yeah, it's a narrow number of moves and rules AI, that yeah. can't be broken. It gets pretty quantum, though. Yes, but also like, there's like the uh, the objective is like win or lose. Yeah. There's no like write a scene and like yes, if it makes you emote in this way. Yeah, that like yes, that is. Uh, objectively like how you win at writing this 
Well, yeah, but I mean that if if that is the goal, like I know it's it's not just a um, win or lose this game, but if it is, uh, you know, more and more inputs, like this scene has to be. We have two minutes to get in this many laughs and set up this mm-hmm. plot point, and you know we have to get from A to B this way. Uh, I do see all those variables being able to be plugged in, and then. AI being able to infinitely have like millions of possibilities and then yeah. rate them on success and give you like your this is an 83% hit rate scene. I think for things you know. like <clears throat> like a monologue joke, like a topical joke, then yes, it could like there's a, a pretty clear formula to you can learn and well, I'm not, you, it I'm can not learn trying the references. To- I'm not trying to make the argument that like everything's everything's hack. Therefore, like like I'm not trying to like I know that it can only regurgitate based on what's out there. Um, mm, it's not exactly regurgitate. Okay. <laughs> well, what do you what do you mean? Like some I mean, diarrhea. This is the same way that I, I I'm not sure how if I were an alien how I would describe what is special about the way that humans take in a ton of different information, synthesize it and put things out, how I would show that as different from what this thing does, except maybe on scale right now. But as far as right. the actual operation of it, I don't, I, I, I think we're just like biased to think that humans are very special, which is an okay bias to have. Cause I want to stay alive, but like, I don't know that there's a huge difference except in well, success. Right it, now. I guess it depends. My feel, or what I was saying about like monologue jokes, it depends on like the complexity of it. Like a monologue joke is like two sentences. It, it is checkers to the stand, chest. That yes, is, but like screaming. writing like a movie with like different characters, the, the storyline. Like to, I know, like it will just keep constantly improving. But right. like whenever I've tried it, it's like well, this is Tommy <laughs> Wiseau. It's like this <laughs> is like. We're four months into this. In those four months, it went from scoring in the 10th percentile on the MCAT and LSAT to the 90th percentile. Talk to me in a year. Like, yes, we're not there, but like, I just, I'm not ready to say where I think its limits are because I don't Me either, but I think there's a difference between uh, the kind of like objective sciences and subjective arts. There's just some- That's a hunch. We'll see. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't doubt it, I guess, but it's like- I don't know, art, like visual art, you probably could show two paintings and one is like worth a million dollars by like a famous artist who's considered a genius and one was spit out by a AI-driven machine that uh, shoots paint and that's worthless and considered shit. Um, so yeah, with that, the context matters. So like, yes, which, which puts it in a weird place because there to, would be yeah. no version of success could exist if you don't have the context of like, we want a story. Behind if there's it. no like standard definition of success, right. it's right. like, but this, like, or if you, if you get more points, you win. It, it's just, I think that there are certain things in like, if, yeah, if you look at it like, okay, a, it's a point based system and art, if a lot of it. Maybe not so much. I don't know if you'd call laughter like an emotion, but if if why art is successful is it certain like you emote a certain way, like you hear a certain mm-hmm. piece of music, and it's like okay, this does something to me. Um, 
I, I think it's natural to think AI wouldn't be able to do that if it lacks emotion or, but, but then it's like, well, it's still just a point system and emotion is still a synthesized yeah, you could, thing. You, you I mean, could teach it emotion, I think. Uh, right. Know, like, and I mean, we are getting to a point where it's like, I mean, I've said this on the pod before, but like uh, whether it's, you know, physical neurons, whether it's chemicals or, or capacitors, it doesn't matter at a certain point. Like we're going to have to at, we are going to have to have the personhood discussion like way sooner than we think. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, um, and it's like, dude, I'm going to I'm going to fuck one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm 100 percent going to fuck uh, so many robots. And I I am like already bummed that we are in those early prototype. But like I can't even imagine the hobots in 50 years that like I'll be too old to fuck. No, no, it'll be. No, no. I just mean it's going to be like like because, you know, when sex robots are accessible, uh, like when they're when they're coming out and they're accessible and affordable, like it's going to be crazy. It's going to be amazing. But it will it will still be the Atari version compared to where we will be. Like, it'll still be like a weird story for the grandkids. Like, we used to be able to hear the motor and it's pushy. Like, you know. Why are you telling me even about the new sophisticated ones? I don't want to hear about you fucking robots, Grandpa. (laughs) Well, you kids, you can't even tell the difference. And we used to be able to, sometimes the the eyelid would start twitching, you know. And you'd you'd have to get down there and blow into it. And <laughs> yeah, write that AI. Yeah. Write that riff. Uh, no, I. It's you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck one. Sure. <laughs> That's sure. Cool quote so, so, no, so what I mean is, I support personhood, sure. but not fully. Yeah, I mean, I want to because I want to get weird. <laughs> What's that? Were you intention? Uh, well, we've, I think we've got time for it to sneak into the story. And Oh, yeah. Before we do, by the way, there's one more part of this uh, weed experiment that was interesting where they asked the actual participants to rate the creativity that I wanted to finish off real quick. So a- after that first experiment, they did a second one where they had people do work-related creativity tasks. And that one, 140 participants were asked to imagine they worked at a consulting firm hired to increase revenue for a local band. They were instructed to generate as many creative ideas as they could in five minutes. Then they were asked to rate others' creativity. So just as in the first experiments, participants under the influence of cannabis believed their own ideas were more creative compared with the controlled participants, while third-party raters did not. Interestingly, being under the influence also made the intoxicated cannabis users think that other people's ideas were more creative. So when you're under the influence and you're experiencing joviality, you think everything is creative and great. Your work or other people's work, it's all great. Yeah. That sounds like a stoner to me. Yeah. So, um, so, so bef- before we finish the episode, Andrew Miller sent in a story. Listen, Andrew Miller sent a story from SciPost.org, saying new research shows sexual arousal leads to a greater willingness to get intimate with robots. Mm, I could be. I'm willing when I'm totally turned off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, why, why wouldn't being more aroused mean you're more up for weird sex stuff? Like, yeah, that- yeah. I don't, I don't really know how this is a story because this, this feels like that. Could this not be generalized as increased arousal increases willingness to do sex stuff? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, it seems like it. Well, it says here, according to a, a, a study in the Journal of Sex Research, it suggests that sexual arousal can cause people to be more likely to have sex with a robot, which I guess this is not in the print edition because I didn't read it in this month's right. journal of my <laughs> journal of sex research. Yeah. Hmm. Wait, the is. hornier someone is, the more likely they are to fuck a robot. <laughs> yeah, that's the thesis. That's wow. The, yeah, but also, also totally like counterintuitive. Yeah. I would have thought. Yeah, but I mean, they're more, they're more likely to like. About. They're more likely to fuck the couch. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, but who knows what couches will be like in fifty years? Who knows, yeah. man? We'll have to explain to our grandkids. Yeah. We had very unfuckable couches. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, have a lot I, I looked it up. This is a, it is a legit, um, it's a legit publication. Its editor in chief right now is Southampton University's Professor Cynthia Graham, who, who's also a professor in the Department of Gender Studies at Indiana University and senior scientist at the Kinsey Institute. Sounds pretty woke to me. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, so what do we have here, Matt? Yeah, What's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's the whole story. Uh, uh, that's pretty much it. 321 adult participants recruited through the internet and word of mouth. Uh, all needed to be fluent in English and have watched pornography before. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm out because I've um, never seen 60-minute online survey. In the first part, they fill out measures on demographics and willingness to engage intimately with both people and robots. Uh, a week after that, they did part two where they watched a 10 minute video of people engaging in sexual activity and then the completed measures on sexual arousal and willingness to erotically engage with people and robots. Is this, a, is this a study that uh, just some guy just mailed them? Yeah. I did a, I did a study yeah. on spec. I did a study. Surprisingly compared to women, men reported higher levels of willingness to have sex with robots. <laughs> Which is uh, that's kind of many of them pointed out that they were simply vacuuming in the nude and uh, sure. fell like that. Right, right. That's interesting to me because I would imagine that uh, the sex robots will be much better uh, for women than for men. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah, you know, like they'll have like it'll be way better at uh, uh, having sex with them than 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 uh, we are. But you know sex, I mean? sex you know? couches, women and sex couches, those aren't as great, especially because so many of them don't pull out. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, come up with that, chat GBT. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Checkmate, AI. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. I had that. That is really funny. No, it is really funny. It's somehow. stupid. It's very stupid and funny. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, well, that's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, it feels like it would be one of those, uh, Norm Macdonald weekend updates. Uh, this, uh, in this week's issue of no shit quarterly. Or something right. Like right. Yeah. Men more likely to, let's see what the actual stat was on this. Um, <laughs> One such limitation is that this study utilized a convenient sample that was predominantly made up of white, educated participants. So who knows? Who knows how the Chinese feel about it? Like, sure. what the fuck are they saying? <laughs> we have yet to study the Spaniards' aptitude for uh, <laughs> fucking a Roomba. <laughs> very, what if it changed by race? <laughs> That'd be insane, though. 
<laughs> That's future hack comedy is just talking about like uh, when a white dude fucks a robot. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, madam, may I please fuck your capacitors? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I feel like we lost Matt. <laughs> Never seen somebody nope. go down on a robot <laughs> pussy before. I'm, I mean, not from a technical point of view. I'm still oh, okay. connected yeah, to the yeah. to Just the link. Emotionally. <laughs> yeah, do you think in the future DJ Khaled won't eat robot pussy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. How did we end up here? Uh, Matt, yeah. I know you had one more story that actually looked pretty interesting. Do you want to do that as a little bonus? We'll do that at Patreon? I guess, yeah. Or I do we not I have can... time? I don't know if you guys are, have a hard out. I think I think we can squeeze we can squeeze that in. But in sure. the meantime, Andrew, where can our listeners find you and and everything you're doing? Um. Well, jury duty is, as you said, is on Freevee, uh, which is Amazon's free ad-supported streaming service. Um, but you can also get it through Prime. So if you have Prime, get it there. Um, or it seems you can watch it in like 45 second, the whole season in 45 second chunks on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> um, what uh, that's, I mean, I'm not like, uh, out on tour. <laughs> uh, so well, get, get on that go go and watch that and then once you watch that go back and watch eagle heart as well yes on hbo max or HBO if you're listening to this after may just max oh right what a fucking weird let's get rid of the part that's iconic and associated with the greatest shows ever and also like where's cinemax and all this yeah what? hbo's what? like hey nice name now get yourself one <laughs> But is there still a Cinemax brand that anybody's and made these things is, under? But it's just like this. It's uh, changed to a, it's Cinnabon now. Okay. It's changed it's to a... Cinemax is this cuck network. <laughs> allows this Chad, other streaming service to take its yep. name. Now they just make, they just make cinnamon buns and it's covered with. Okay, guys, yeah. <laughs> this has been fun. Um, yeah. We're uh, we're on Twitter, of course. That's at probably science. You can email us at probably science at gmail dot com. Uh, Twitter individually. That's at Andy T Wood at Jesse Case and at Matt Kirshen. And uh, we can't thank you enough for listening. Subscribe to the Patreon for uh, more. So we're gonna really deep dive on this robot sex. Sure. <laughs> no, we're gonna no we're gonna talk about hair color. Um, yeah. So you know, give that a listen. And yeah, check out the shows, listeners. See you next time, Andrew. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.